Brought to you by the Mary Christie Institute, a thought leadership organization dedicated to the behavioral health and well-being of teens and young adults. We have a particular focus on college students. I'm Marjorie Malpedi, the executive director of the Mary Christie Institute. And I'm Dana Humphrey, the associate director of the Mary Christie Institute, and we're the hosts of the quadcast. On our first quadcast episode of the new year, we are talking to Carson Domi, a young mental health advocate based in Massachusetts. Carson is a senior at St. John's High School who has already had quite the career in health advocacy. When he was 11, he began lobbying the Massachusetts State Legislature to expand telemedicine services, and he hasn't stopped since, more recently turning his attention to mental health. Carson will be joining us as a co-host for several episodes early this year that focus on student-led activism and advocacy. Carson, thanks so much for coming on the quadcast. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. So your story is so interesting. Can you just talk a bit about how you came to mental health advocacy and activism in general? So I was first introduced to advocacy specifically in the Massachusetts State Legislature when I was 11, as you said, in 2016, actually advocating for the expansion of telemedicine services. And simply stated, telemedicine is basically Skype with your doctor. It allows for remote communication and medical consultations, which for someone like me who has Crohn's disease was a huge asset to prevent me from missing lots of time out of school. So I began advocating for telemedicine services to be reimbursed by insurance companies within the state legislature. And after meeting with almost half of the state legislature in 2019, I decided to shift my focus more to mental health. Tragically, in the fall of 2018, I lost a very close friend of mine to suicide and the personal impact that it had on my community. And I really fueled me to want to end this crisis. Yeah. So let's talk more about that initiative. What was the first piece of legislation that you were working on? Certainly. So in the fall of 2019, I had proposed to my school's administration to add the National Suicide Hotline to the back of student IDs. And this was such an amazing innovation that the school welcomely adopted. And the response that we had gotten from students and faculty was overwhelmingly positive. Such a little change really went a long way. It was able to start the conversation about mental health in all of our classrooms as it had happened right at the beginning of the year. And shortly after seeing all the great response that we received on our campus, I teamed up with a couple of state legislators to work on having this proposed as a bill. And right now, it's currently going through the legislative process. It just had a committee hearing earlier in the year, and it's House Bill 2111, an act relative to student mental health. And basically, it'll add the National Suicide Prevention Hotline to all student IDs for both high schools and colleges. It currently has 37 co-sponsors, which is great to see, and a lot of support from both sides of the aisle to make such a little change that'll really go a far way in starting a conversation ending the stigma around mental health on college campuses. That is definitely true. You have talked to so many legislators, and you're working with some right now on this piece of legislation that you just discussed. How did you get them to talk to you? I think when you started this process, you were 15? Yep. So I was initially kind of introduced to the legislature through working with Boston Children's Hospital, and they were a great guy to help to help me kind of get settled and learn so much about the legislative process. And then shortly after interning with my state representative in 2019, I was able to get a sense of the building from the other side of a desk, which was a legislative office. 
So shortly after that, going into the summer of 2019, I decided that I wanted to start working with more than just my own elected officials. So I began reaching out via email to many legislators in the building, just telling them a little bit about my story when it comes to telemedicine and why I believe that the change was so desperately needed, as well as my interest in going into public service in the future. And I am still blown away by the amount of legislators that were so open to sitting down and talking about my future interests and my passions when it comes to the legislature and policies that we should pursue. And I was able to make so many friendships and friendships that I still keep today while working in mental health advocacy now. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I'm just curious what those conversations are like now. I I would imagine that conversations about mental health can be very personal because it plays such a large role in our lives. If you're not touched by it personally, it's someone close to you. Have you found that, that those conversations are very personal and people share experiences with you? Without a doubt, in being able to work with people who are in the business of representing their communities, hearing not just their own personal stories of losing you know, friends to suicide or hearing about these tragedies that exist within their community. They're able to really give a great pulse on what's going on within their own towns and cities. So being able to not just hear their own experience, but the experience of their communities has really helped me be a more informed person when it comes to figuring out what should be the best ways to go about ending this crisis. So this other piece of legislation that you're working on pertaining to mental health, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So starting in September of this year, I began working on House Bill 616, which is an act relative of the promotion of mental health education. And so what this bill would actually do is amend the legal definition of physical education class to physical and mental health education. So what this would do would allow for school districts to have to teach some sort of mental health education, yet at the same time, it'll leave the door open for each individual district to see how that'll best fit. I really passionately believe that if we can get this piece of legislation passed, it'll have a great ripple effect for generations to come. When it comes to mental health, I believe the statistic is the time of onset between symptoms of anxiety, depression, really anything under the mental health umbrella. The time of onset symptoms to treatment is, I believe, 10 to 11 years in the United States. And so what that data is telling us is that these problems are existing long before high school years. So if we're able to teach everyone the lesson that it's okay to not be okay, to be able to teach people where to get the help that they need, we can really work towards crafting a better generation that's able to acknowledge and deal with their own mental health. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. How did you come to that effort? Yeah, so I was working with the Massachusetts Association for Mental Health, and they had mentioned this bill, and I was completely in love with everything it had to do. And I actually had the opportunity to testify in front of the Joint Committee on Education about it in September and was actually joined by my high school's headmaster. So that was a really neat moment for me to be able to have a full circle testimony for me as a student to talk about the great impacts that this would have on our education system, but then also being able to have someone who's worked in the education and academia sphere for a long time talk about how as an administrator, he believed that it would impact our system as well. That's so great. I love that you worked on that together. So anyone who's listening right now, I'm sure is incredibly impressed with all the work that you've done as a senior in high school. So like you said, you are interested in public service as a career. So you're really a policy guy. What role do you see policy playing in improving the mental health of young people? 
I believe that policy is only the first step when it comes to improving my generation's mental health and the generations to come. Unfortunately, mental health and the acceptance of people reaching out to get help is a change that needs to be culturally, although I believe policy can lead us in the right direction for that cultural shift to happen over time. I think the biggest problem with mental health is the stigma behind talking about issues such as suicide, and understandably so. No one wants to talk about such you know a sad and horrible topic yet at the end of the day we're so much better off as a society if we address these issues on the forefront and by using policy such as the two bills i described we're really able to teach the next generation at a young age how to cope and how to deal with their mental health and get help and also by bringing resources into communities so that they're readily available for everyone to use, I think that that will really reduce the stigma behind mental health. Yeah, that's such an important distinction. And thanks so much for your insights on that. So other than your college applications, what are you working on next? What's next for you? Right now, definitely just waiting for more to happen on these two bills. Unfortunately, both of them are still in committee right now. So there's not much activity going on there at the given moment. But I'm hoping with the start of the new year and the legislature being back in session that those two bills will move forward to the floor. So I'm really working on that. And then also back to what I was saying about the cultural piece of talking about mental health. I believe that podcasts like this are such an important step and having those conversations, because the more we talk about mental health, the more other people will be prone to as well. So I've really been working on authoring multiple articles. I've worked with Samaritan's nonprofit in Boston and the Massachusetts Association of Mental Health as well to author articles about my personal experience losing a close friend to suicide and how I believe that COVID-19 has impacted my generation's mental health and how I believe that that'll look in the future. So I believe by having those conversations, we'll be able to work towards getting more young people to talk about their mental health and making a step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree completely. So let's talk a little bit about our plan going forward. So you and I will be co-hosting this series together, and the plan is to talk to other student advocates as well as decision makers. And I'm so excited that we're going to be doing this together because you are such an incredibly impressive young person, and it's so wonderful to involve you in our work. I'm very excited as well, and I appreciate the opportunity. I think it'll be so great to be able to really hear from people that work in mental health on the daily basis, as well as students who are sometimes where, you know, the policy is being made and to be able to have conversations with both sides, the decision makers and the people that it's ultimately affecting and how we can best shape mental health policy for the future. Thank you so much for coming on the quadcast. And thank you so much for our future work together. I'm so excited. And I'll leave it there. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to do this. This has been the quadcast, a program of the Mary Christie Institute. To learn more about our work, go to marychristieinstitute.org, where you can sign up for our other programs like the MC Feed and the Mary Christie Quarterly. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks so much for listening.